Good morning, Life Center. You can all be seated. It's good to see everybody. How are we doing? Who feels like you're at home? Good. Good. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. I'm glad you're here today. If you're a guest, we welcome you. We're glad you're here. We want you to have an experience with Jesus because that's the whole reason that we do every single thing that we do is that somebody can have an experience with Jesus. And we are in the middle, week three of our home series. And who, le who left last week feeling loved? Six of y'all. We got some more work to do. Who left last week feeling loved? There you go. Who left last week knowing that you have some work to do to show Jesus' love to other people? I'm getting more hands that way. See, we can feel love, but last week was more about us being challenged to the fact that we are supposed to love like Jesus loved, and that is a tall order for us to do because that's, that's just not natural to who we are. And you'll find out a lot that as you follow Jesus, the closer you get to him, the better you have to get. Not in just stuff that you do, but everything has to flow from your heart. The Bible says to guard your heart. Why? Because everything you are and everything that you will be flows from your heart. So it's, it's not a matter of changing your behavior. Don't use that as an excuse to, to keep doing what you're doing. It's not just about changing your behavior. It's about letting Jesus get into your heart and to change things in there so what happens coming out of there is different. Because we can all modify our behavior. We can all change things that we do. But in order to change who we are, we have to have a heart change. We have to have a heart transplant, and we have to have the heart that Jesus wants us to have. So we left last week feeling challenged, and I hope today is no different. Um, this home... There's a lot in that word. I said this two weeks ago. It's where you should most want to be. There's no place I would rather be than home. When Dorothy clicked her heels together in the Wizard of Oz, what'd she say? There's no place like home. There's no place like home. It's where you should feel comfortable and loved and accepted and challenged and warm and fuzzy. And if you don't, if you didn't experience that as a kid, Guess what you get to do as an adult? You get to create the kind of environment that you want to have. Not, maybe, maybe not the kind that you had, but you get to create an environment that you want to have, and you can make your home feel all those things. Yes, warm and fuzzy. I like warm and fuzzy. So we're talking about this home. Everybody say this home. Y'all got to get with me a little bit. We'll have fun if you, if you do. If you don't, we're not, not going to have fun today. So this is about who we are and who we will be and where we're going. We're talking about three main qualities that we're trying to have. Love, that was last week. Pastor Andrew did a phenomenal job, challenged all of us. Acceptance, and then that will challenge you. And today I'm going to talk about acceptance. And I, I believe this, that everybody, no matter how strong, no matter how strong you are, who feels strong? No matter how strong you think you are, no matter how independent you think you are, or that you project that you are, none of us project, do we? <laughs> Come on. None of us project. No matter how much we project that we don't care, we want to be accepted. 
There's something in us that drives us, that wants to be accepted. Who remembers the, the first bus scene from Forrest Gump? If you haven't seen Forrest Gump, I'm sorry. But it's, it's a movie from the 90s, and Tom Hanks plays this, this dude that, as a kid, he's a little special, and, and he wears leg braces, and he's, he's different, and he's not really accepted really anywhere he goes. And as a, as a kindergartner, first grader, he's getting on his bus at the end of their beautiful moss-covered tree lane at this big house, and he goes out there, and he meets the bus driver, he gets up on the bus, he, he stands up, at, at, up on the landing, and he's got leg braces from here down, and his legs clank when he walks, and, and he gets on the bus, he starts walking back, and everybody, that, that wherever there's a space, the kid slides over and says, seat taken. And one says, you can't sit here. Why? Because he was new, and he was different, and they didn't accept him. Snap judgment, they didn't want anything to do with him. Who's ever felt like that before? Let's, let's be real today. You felt like in a moment that you were in a new place, a new environment, that you felt like you weren't accepted. You felt like that you were being judged for who you are or for what you had on or for what you didn't have on. And you just felt awkward and out of place. And he got almost to the back of the bus and he had been denied like four times. And finally he, he said, I heard the sweetest voice that I've ever heard in my life. He said it was Jenny. And she's like, are you, you want to sit down? And he was like, what? And she's like, are you going to sit down or are you going to stand there? And she was like six years old. And he's like, from that moment on, we were like peas and carrots. And see, just because she decided to accept him, a relationship blossomed and they became like peas and carrots. You need somebody that you're like peas and carrots with. That, that will accept you, that will not... Make a snap judgment because you have braces on your legs, because you talk different, because you look different. You need somebody to accept you, and that's where we need to be as individuals. People will go to great lengths to be accepted. People will do some crazy stuff to be accepted, to fit in, to belong. Private clubs, groups, social circles, teams, all kinds of groups that people want to belong to, they want to be accepted. My grandfather was a mason, and and he was telling me a story. He's like, one day I, I broke down. He's like, you know, we have secret handshakes and the way we stand and, and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I was just, I was a teenager. I was listening. I told you a story about him before and fishing and how mean he was and stuff. But um, he's like, we have these secret things that, that we can just do the slightest thing and another Mason will recognize us. I'm like, no. He said, yeah. He said, one day I broke down on the side of the road. And he's like, we have a specific way we stand that a Mason will recognize a Mason. He's like, so I broke down the side of the road. He said, I walked to the back corner of my, the bumper of my car. He said, my car wouldn't run. He said, I stood there, crossed my hands a certain way, held my fingers a certain way. He said, within five minutes, a mason pulled over and picked me up. I'm like, really? It was a secret club. Literal secret handshakes and gestures and the way they stand. And people go to great lengths to be accepted into that group of people. Lately in the news, celebrities are in the news because they're paying millions of dollars to get their kids in a school that, paying a million dollars to get your kid in a school that costs 250 <laughs> Now obviously their kid wouldn't get accepted into that school, but, but going to great lengths to make sure your kid is in a certain place. I heard in the, lo the local Baltimore talk show that this person is concerned about getting her daughter in a specific preschool and that there's a two-year waiting list 
and they have to pay so much money just to get looked at. And it's like $14,000 a year to go to preschool. Going to great lengths and getting on waiting lists just to be accepted in a specific group, a specific school, because they want the status of what it means. All to be accepted because we want and we need community. I have good news for you. This is a great community. And we're not going to make you have a secret handshake. We're not going to make you call each other specific things. or We're not going to do any of that. And the community is getting better because tomorrow night, guess what happens? There's about 25 of y'all better know what's happening tomorrow night. <laughs> tomorrow night, we begin Rooted. And it is going to be a, a, a small group that is going to change the way we fit and the way we work in community. It's going to revolutionize what we do as far as connecting because that's what we need. We need connection. We need to feel like we're part of this house, a part of this home. And it's going to get us. There are six spots left. Six spots left for Friday. Monday's full. So sign up after church today, six of you. All right? Okay? <laughs> we go to great lengths to be accepted by family, by friends, by other people that we just want to be a part of. And sadly, sometimes churches can fit into that category. It's true. Churches aren't perfect. I, a pastor friend of mine, I think I've told this story before, but not to everybody, so I'm going to tell it again. A pastor friend of mine in Florida, the town where he pastors, there's, there's a large church, large denominational church, and to be a member there, it's a very prestigious church, and to be a member there, you have to, you have to go to a membership meeting with the senior leadership of the church, uh, at which time you bring your W-2s. <laughs> you bring your W-2s, and they calculate what your annual income is. And then they calculate what your contribution to the church will be. And at that point, you set up an automatic debit to the church to come out of your checking account each month to be a member. And at any point that your auto debit ceases, so does your membership. I'm talking thousands of people in this church. But these people do it just because they want to be part of this specific group of people. They want to be... Imagine if we did that here. Maybe me and Pastor Andrew in church. Maybe a couple of people. But it'd be slim pickings. But they so want to be part of this group, of this denomination, that they will do this. It's a condition and a, a contract they sign to be part of the group, to have status. Why? Because of insecurity. <laughs> because they feel the need just to be part, just to be accepted by this group. You shouldn't have to pay or jump through hoops to be accepted. Here's a scripture I read two weeks ago. Romans 15, 7, accept one another just as Christ. See, we're supposed to love like Jesus loves us and accept each other and anyone else just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. So when I accept you and you accept me and we accept anybody who walks in those doors, guess what we're doing? We're bringing praise to God. So I, what I'm about to say, I want to show of hands, really, I, show of hands. When you came to Jesus, when you came to church for the first time, who had it all together? You were successful, and you were God's gift to the world when you came in for the first time. Show me hands. This is one time why I don't want to see any hands. 
you passed. I didn't see one hand go. See what normally happens in situations like that? Somebody's half listening, and they'll shoot their hand straight up. But you guys are all listening, so that's a good thing. Nobody fit into that category. It's more like this. I've messed up more times than I can count. I've got so many issues that my issues have issues. I haven't been nice, and I'm a hot mess. I'm miserable, and I need help. I don't deserve this. Maybe you weren't all the way there, but somewhere between I'm God's gift and I'm a loser, <laughs> somewhere in that spectrum, you fit. And somewhere in that spectrum right now, you still fit. So we all had stuff that needed fixing when we came to Jesus, and we all still have stuff that needs fixing even though we're here. So what if when you walked in the doors at church for the first time, it was like Forrest Gump walking on a school bus? What if people turned their backs away from you and didn't engage and, and really you sat down and somebody moved away because you didn't smell as nice as they did? What if when you tried to talk to somebody, they didn't want to talk to you, they want to talk to their buddy? It happens. What if church made you feel less than when you went? Would you be more apt to want that Jesus? Or would you say, that's not what I need? I was in Dunkin' Donuts last week at some point, and I heard this conversation going on. And I heard just a snippet, I heard this guy say, I don't go to church anymore. I, I've just given up on the whole thing. He's like, the people are rude. They judge you as soon as you walk in the door. I'm not, I, and these are just normal guys talking. He's like, they judge you as soon as you walk in the door, and all they want is your money. He said, you got preachers buying private jets and all this stuff. He's like, all, all they care about is how much you put in and, and, and if, if you're as good as they are. And I walked out. Of, I wanted to sit down and talk, but I couldn't. <laughs> I, wanted, I really wanted to engage that. But I, I'm like, have we come to the point where we as people, we as churches, we as the church are so wrapped up in who we are and our church identity that we are pushing people away. And the more I thought about it, and it's, it's going to come out in scripture i read in a minute, but I've heard stories, not, not about here, about people getting mad when, when they walk in the door. I'm talking about church members getting mad because they walk in the door and someone is sitting in their seat. So let's, 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 set this, let's set the stage for this. A person that has been here for two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 40 years, doesn't matter how long, but you're established. You walk in the door, and there's a brand new person sitting in your seat. Notice I have air quotes. Because the seats get moved every week. You don't know if it's your seat or not. <laughs> it's your position, your place. You have two reactions to this. Number one is like, oh, I've got to find another seat. First world problems. The second reaction is, oh, thank God, there's a new person here today. They can find Jesus. Let me find somewhere to sit. <laughs> Accept others as Christ accepted you so you can bring praise and glory to God. How would you want to be received when you walk through those doors for the first time? How about if we're full, get up and give somebody your seat? 
Come on. And we, we've had a lot of that recently where it's just it's so full in here that, that it's people standing in the back sometimes waiting for a place to sit. And you know what? If you see that happening, you walk back and get them say, hey, I got a seat right here. You can have it. And then you go back and stand up or sit next to somebody you know really well, really close. <laughs> it's about accepting people and, and being a facilitator for somebody to find Jesus. A family member of mine went to a church picnic one time, and because he was dressed differently than the church people that were at the picnic, was asked to go home and change his clothes. That was the last time he's been to church. Because instead of accepting someone that maybe might be able to be introduced to Jesus, they want them to immediately walk on the grounds and be conformed to everything that they've known for 50 years. And I'm sorry, but that's just religious stupidity. And that's a strong statement, but that's what that is. We can't be that way. Anybody who comes into the parking lot should be accepted. And I have no doubt that's happening because our guys in the parking lot are amazing. There's a 50% chance a brand new person's getting a hug in the parking lot. That's just how it is. They may be here for the first time. They might get a hug. That's okay. Some of you are huggers and some of you aren't. I am. My wife told me yesterday, I wouldn't be as much of a hugger if you weren't. I'm telling you. That's just, it takes everybody to make the world go around. And Jesus still loves you if you don't like the hug. It's okay. But we want people to feel welcome and accepted. And it can be a, a hurdle for people. Why? Because we are sinful. We are sinful. And, and I want to pause for just a second. Acceptance doesn't mean compromise of who you are. Please be mature enough to understand that. Ex me accepting somebody doesn't mean I'm lowering anything I have or changing anything about myself. Acceptance isn't approval. Acceptance is exactly what it is. It's acceptance. Jesus accepted this story. It blows my mind. It's amazing. In John chapter 8, there was a woman that was caught in adultery. And if you don't know what adultery is, adultery is when you are married and they are married and you're together. And it's not supposed to be that way, just for the record. It's not supposed to be that way. Starting in verse 2. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts. This is Jesus, where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law, these are the religious people. These are the people that teach the law. They have the law down. They know every, they, they know every part about it. And the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. So it wasn't a rumor. They didn't hear something bad about her and follow up on it. They caught her in the act. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. Two missions here. Number one, to punish her. Number two, to try to trip Jesus up. She was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you, any one of you who is without sin, be the first to throw a stone at her. 
Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, wisdom, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, go now and leave your life of sin. So this woman was caught in the act of adultery, and she was brought before Jesus. Did they let her put clothes on? I don't know. I wasn't there. The Bible doesn't say that. Chris Bird, he's a sheriff's deputy. He's, I've taught, he serves warrants. He arrests people every single day. Like He just goes door to door and gets people out of their house and arrests them. That's his job. And he, he tells me, he, he, I'm like, he's found guys hiding under stairs, under beds, in closets, uh, some, everywhere. He finds people hiding in these houses. And he t I'm like, well, do you give him time to get dressed? Because he said, I caught this guy in his underwear hiding in the closet under the stairs. I said, did you let him get dressed? He's like, nope. <laughs> he said, our philosophy is this. How you hide is how you ride. I'm not going to ask for hands who's ever been found and had to go to the police station in a compromising state of dress. But he's like, how you hide is how you ride. If you, you want to hide and, and not get dressed, then we'll take you that way. But if you want to come to the door dressed in your right mind, he's like, we'll take you that way. He's like, it's entirely for the person that we're arresting. So I don't know what her situation was. I don't know if they gave her time to get dressed. And my, my mental picture of her is maybe wrapped in a blanket. Maybe she had time to grab a blanket and wrap it around her, but she's disheveled, she's embarrassed, she's scared. Why is she scared? Because in the scripture, the Bible says that according to the law, they were allowed to stone her. No trial, no jury. They caught her in the act of adultery. They could kill her by throwing rocks at her. Y'all, that's brutal. <laughs> to have to stand in one spot. It's one thing to stand in front of a firing squad. I would think, that as scary as that would be, I think it would be over quickly. But if you're standing in front of a crew of people just throwing rocks at you, that's horrible. And that was what was, that's what her punishment was, and she knew this. So she had to be scared. Jesus didn't shame her. That was already taken care of. The church had done that for her. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it's not a path I'm going down, but the church had already taken care of shaming her. She was, put in her, she was put in her appropriate place. So he didn't do that. He was about to make a point in a big way, as Jesus did. He was about to make a point in a big way, a point we forget as Christians. And then he, he knelt down and he started writing in the sand with his finger. We don't know what he was writing. It could have been the law. It could have been some speculate that it was a list of what their sins were, the guys that were wanting to stone her. We don't know. And he simply said, anybody who has no sin, anyone who knows they are perfect with the law, you feel free to kill this woman. You feel free to stone this woman. As a matter of fact, you get to go first. If you're, if you're without sin, you pick up a rock and you cast the first stone. And one by one, they begin to turn and they begin to walk away because they all realized that was a, that was a bill they could not fit. That was a description that didn't apply to them because no one, no one is without sin. They were all guilty of something. And Jesus, instead of letting her get what she deserved legally, 
She legally deserved to be killed that day. And instead of letting her get what she deserved, he made a much broader and a more powerful point. Don't point out somebody else's faults. Don't try to hold someone else accountable for what they are doing. Don't withhold acceptance from somebody else when you have your own stuff to deal with. That means, here's what it means, big picture. You will never, everybody say never. never. You will never be qualified to sit in judgment of someone else. I will never be qualified to sit in judgment of someone else. Because they may have a problem with pornography, but I may have a problem with lying. Doesn't matter that it's not the same thing. I will always have something that I am trying to work through, that I am trying to overcome, that I am asking Jesus to help me with. There will always be something in my life that I struggle with. Because... We all sinned. The Bible said we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's scripture. You're not exempt, nor are you above sin. So I am not your judge. Understand the context of this. This is not, well, you can't be my judge. Only God can judge me. That, that doesn't make it any better. That doesn't make it, that doesn't give you a license to do more, to do what you want to do. That just, you're acknowledging the fact that God is your judge. And at some point, guess what he's going to do with all of us? He's going to judge us. So what do we want to do while we're here? We want to get better. And the closer we get to Jesus, the better we will be. The closer we get to Jesus and the more, the deeper our relationship is with him, the better we will be, the more holy we will be, the better our life and our lifestyle will be. That's just how that works. Don't twist this. This isn't a license for you to go sin. I'm not condoning sin. I'm not condoning a double life or anything like that. I'm talking about accepting someone different than you to walk this journey of forgiveness, of grace, and mercy together. Together. Yes, your problem may be different than my problem, but guess what they are? They're both problems. Your sin may be different from my sin, but guess what they are? They're both sin. Your insecurities may be different than mine, but guess what they are? They're both insecurities, and we will get better together by walking this journey and focusing on the person that we're trying to be like. Scripture says, let us throw aside every weight and sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with patience the race that's set before us, looking to who? Looking for Jesus. Not that I'm better than you or you're better than me. We come together because we're both flawed and we're both broken. And you will never be better than someone else. You will never be better than someone else. Jesus accepted her as she was, disheveled, scared, wrapped in a blanket, hair messed up, scared that she was about to be stoned in a bad way. Jesus accepted her as she was, but he didn't leave her that way. How many times have you heard us say that? He's like, I'm not going to condemn you. I'm not going to stone you. Where are, your, where are the people that were saying all these bad things about you? I'm not going to condemn you. I'm not going to stone you. Now go 
He didn't just say go. Sin no more. Leave your life of sin. Whatever you were doing to get you in this predicament, in this compromising situation, having a chance of being put to death, whatever you were doing to get here, stop it. It's destructive behavior. It's addictive behavior. It's sin. You've got to walk away from that. Go and sin no more. Stop doing what got you into this mess. He'll take you where you are. He will accept you, but he will not leave you there. He will not allow you. You can't be close to Jesus and stay where you are. You can't do it. But he'll accept you no matter what condition you're in. And if who does it, who does it, who does it apply to? Matthew, I'm glad you asked me that question. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, Come to me, rich people. People got it all together. Pretty people, thin people, successful looking people. People that look good, no. Come to me all. I'm all. Everybody say, I'm all. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter where you come from or what you've done. Come to me all. If you're weary, if you're burdened, anyone? If you're weary, if you're burdened, and I will. Not maybe, not if you're good, not if you deserve it. See all the abs. Sometimes absolutes are, you're on the wrong side of them. <laughs> Sometimes on the absolutes, you're on the wrong side. But in this scripture, absolutes all. And I will, those are absolutes, they're not conditions. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you might, possibly could, if you're good, if you check all the boxes, you will find rest for your soul. Who's tired? Who's weary? Who's a little beat down? A little beat up? Who doesn't feel good enough? Who doesn't feel like you've been good enough to, to deserve what Jesus did for you? Who doesn't feel like you qualify for what this means? Who, do, who feels like you're, it's just too far for you to reach and you've fallen too many times, you messed up too many times? Guess what? You're part of all. You are part of all. And that's what this home has to be about. It has to be about concern and love for the weary, for the downtrodden, for the beaten up, for the tired. And it doesn't matter if you've got 67 cents in the bank or $67 million. We all have the same emotions. We all have the same feeling. Money doesn't make your life perfect. Money does not make your life perfect. If I brought the person who makes the least amount of money up here and the person who makes the most amount of money, I guarantee you have the same, some of the same problems and some of the same issues. Are parts of your life easier? Yes. Because money does alleviate stress on some things. Unless you're not wise with it, then you get in the same problem you have over here. If you make a half million dollars and spend five ten, you're in trouble. If you make 25 and spend 30, you're in the same trouble. With just different, different levels of problem. Stress is stress. But Jesus said, come to me, all. It doesn't matter. It's inclusive, 
not exclusive. And see, some churches want to be exclusive. They want to have the meeting with your W-2s. <laughs> Had a pastor tell me about eight years ago, we don't really want old people coming to church here. <coughs> what part of all does they, do they not understand? We prefer a younger crowd, he said. And I'm just, my, I, I'm like, sometimes my face doesn't hide what I think. I try, I try a, a, a level of decorum at all times, but sometimes it just gets the best of me. And, and I was a little incredulous. I'm like, how, how does that work? How do you? He's like, well, we don't tell anybody they can't come. This is a dead, com serious conversation. We don't tell anyone they can't come here, but we cater more toward younger people. I said, okay, you do you, man. You do you. Home is inclusive, not exclusive. What does Acts 2.39 say? For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that far are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That is a fancy way of saying everybody. That's what that is. That's a long, protracted, I'm like, come on, just say it. It's everybody. You'll do better with me in conversation if you just say what you mean and don't circle around and come back and say it. Just say it. Because if you circle around too long, you're going to lose me, and I'll be thinking about basketball or something or cars. <laughs> Inclusive. I'm just being honest. Not exclusive. We can't get over our junk and get better and climb the ladder and make more money and look down on others who are, or, or, or refuse to accept other people. See, a, a trap we can fall into as humans is that we get our stuff together and we get a little bit of money in our checking account and we dress a little bit better and then suddenly somebody comes in the door that, that's exactly like we were. Uh, <laughs> exactly like we were and we're like, ooh, what are they doing here? Part of that is you feel better about yourself. And part of that is you don't want the reminder. I saw something this week. It said, don't look down on others. Only God sits that high. Only God sits that high. What did the Apostle Paul call himself? He said, I was the chief sinner. He never forgot who he was. Don't ever forget where God has brought you from because as soon as you do, you're going to start feeling better than somebody else. You're going to start looking down your nose at somebody else. We've got to remember that we, as such, were some of you. <laughs> and so, as such, as this person, some of us were. We have to accept. Life Center accepts everyone. Life Center accepts everyone, and we will grow together as individuals, as Christians, as believers in Jesus. Jesus accepts you as you are. He accepts you as you are, and so will this house. So will this home. Jesus won't leave you as you are, and neither will we. That's why we're starting Rooted tomorrow night. Common theme. You need to get involved in this. We will challenge you to become exactly what and exactly who God is calling you to be. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his love for us in this. 
while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were a hot mess, Jesus died for us. What did Jesus say? Come unto me all. All who are hurting. All who have lost your way. All who are tired. All who are disillusioned. You're tired of religion. You're addicted. You're angry. You're mean. You're lonely, confused. You're mad. You're frustrated. You're full of shame. Whatever your thing is. Jesus had come to me. We will love you. We will accept you. And we will challenge you. I'm going to give you homework for this week. Before I finish up, I'm going to give you homework right now so you're still listening to me. Because some of y'all just think it started thinking about Arby's or something. I challenge you this week. Pray daily. That's your first challenge. <laughs> But pray daily for God to help you accept others like he accepted you. God, don't let me look past somebody. Don't let me look down on somebody. Don't let me, don't let me be put out by someone's sin. Don't let me be put out by someone's situation. Don't let me put, be put out by someone's addiction. Don't let me put, be put out by somebody's attitude. Maybe you just had a bad, stinky attitude and you're a mean person. And maybe now those people get on your nerves so bad. Don't be put out by that. Ask God to help you. No judgments. No condescension. Not conditionally. Just accept people as Christ accepted you. And I promise you this. You'll view people differently. If you can look past what's getting on your nerves... Look past what's putting you off. You'll see a person that's hurting. You'll see a person that's wounded. You'll see a person that's full of shame. You'll see a person that's projecting because they want to be something, but they're insecure in who they are. See it all the time. Meet people where they are. That's what Jesus did for you and commit to growing with them. Not everyone will stay. Not everybody will grow the way you grow. Not everybody will grow at the rate you grow. You know what that requires? That requires trust in God. You trusting God for them. You can't make them do what you want them to do. You can't make them be what you want them to be. You can't make them just like you. But you can pray for them and you can trust God that they will develop into who he's called them to be. See, trusting God is not just for yourself. It's trusting God for other people when we are tempted to try to lower the boom and lower the hammer because they're not exactly like we are. I trust God that he will lead people and he will guide them. We will teach you principles that will help you on Monday through Saturday. If all we do is come in here and get you hyped up and make you feel good and let you walk out the door, that hype is not going to help you on Wednesday. But we're going to try to give you principles to live by, biblical principles to live by that will help you every single day of the week. And through that, we grow together. We make this commitment to whoever will drive in this parking lot and come in those doors. We will love you. 
we will accept you. And next week, Pastor Andrew is going to talk about we will challenge you. Because Jesus accepts us where we are, but he will never leave us there. And just because you walk in those doors and sit in these seats doesn't mean that you're where you need to be and that you're who you need to be. God grows us. He develops us. But it starts with the very beginning of him accepting us. And it's our job. It's the job of this house, the job of this home, to accept you where you are. For you to accept me where I am doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you're from. Hear this. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. It doesn't matter how deep or how wide your family tree is. It doesn't matter what your habits are. It doesn't matter what your sin is. It doesn't matter what your addictions are. None of that matters. Jesus will accept you. And so will Life Center. We will accept you no matter where, no matter who, no matter what. It doesn't matter. We will accept you where you are and who you are. But at that point, we're going to lock arms and we're going to go forward together. And we will grow together. Home is where I most want to be. It's where I feel loved. It's where I feel accepted. And it's where I am and where I will be challenged.